Welcome one and all to another day here at the Damage Board. Me, John Arola and Brett Ehrlich, host of the Happy Half Hour. Brett, how is it going? Oh my God, it's so good. Go Dodgers! Oh my God, I didn't know they had so much money they could buy the contracts of every Japanese player ever. I don't I don't have any context for what oh, you're good. talking about. Then I get to right look now. at your face when I say they just signed a Japanese superstar for $300 million. Yes. $300 million. <laughs> they just spent a billion on Shohei Otani. Shohei, me, the, you know, Okane. You're going to want to work on that a little bit. But um, yeah, that's a lot of money. That just, man, that puts things in. Hey, that's that's more than Joe Rogan's Spotify thing. Good. I feel better about the world now. Anyway, um, we're not just going to be covering sports news here, dear viewers. We've got a lot of political news to talk about as well. And we've got uh, Brett Ehrlich, thank you for joining us to uh, break that down. Um, someone in the chat's like, wow, that's like twice John's salary. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> Roughly about twice. So I that's, feel jealous. I will say that's as much. That's the saddest part about discourse over like TYT hosts is when people are like, and they're, they're making so much Ash, and it's like, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> um, that that is a nice fantasy to think about. Uh, but no, if I if I want to make the big bucks, clearly I need to start working on my slider. That was a baseball thing. That was a yeah. pitching. He's a pitcher, right? Good job. Yeah. It. Anyway, okay. So here's the thing. What you, dear listener, need to know is that for the first time in a long time, the production team and I decided not to totally overstuff the first hour. And importantly, I need to not waste that extra time that we've generated. So we're gonna jump into the news in just a sec, but I do wanna let you know that as always, you can send us comments, tweets, super chats. Brett and I will respond as we go. And we are still giving away Blue Apron gift cards, but you gotta earn it, people. Send in some good comments and I'll uh, and I'll bequeath to you a $100 Blue Apron gift card. Um, and definitely, if you're watching live, stick around for the aftermath because we will be throwing away our garbage people of the week and having a little discussion that'll probably get me in trouble online about purity balls. So that's going to be a lot of fun. With all that said, Brett, you ready to do this thing? Whether I am or not, you've been more than fair. And you've been more than audible. Let's do it. Breaking, Breaking news, a new window into just how far the former president went to overturn the election that he lost. On the day or around the time of the certification, Trump calls these local officials, the Republicans, trying to twist their arm to convince them not to certify. And according to the Detroit News, here is some of what he said. Quote, we can't let these people take our country away from us. Quote, Everyone knows Detroit is crooked as hell. Uh, that's where he started. There was also Ronna McDaniel. She was on the phone. She is the chairwoman of the RNC. She told them, do not sign it. We will get you attorneys. Do not sign the certification. Trump says, we'll take care of that. So more evidence to pile on to what Jack Smith has to contend with in the January 6th plot and the overall quest to not have to respect the wishes of the voters in the 2020 election. Donald Trump, the tape is now, that's available, I guess, for people doing the investigative. But you heard there some of what he and Ronna McDaniel said to two of the Wayne County Board of Canvassers back in the immediate aftermath of the 2020 election. This is November 17th. Um, so he was talking with Monica Palmer, William Hartman, and Trump told them it would look terrible if they signed documents certifying the election after initially voting against it. We've got to fight for our country. We can't let these people take our country away from us. And so 
They apparently left the meeting without certifying, but then said they would do so if an audit took place in certain counties. And look, this by itself, I don't I don't know how this ranks against the other pieces of evidence that we already know. The fake elector scheme, the attempt to sack the Capitol, the Georgia call with Raffensperger, the fake electors in multiple different states and all that. But it doesn't look good because their response is that this is totally acceptable. We'll give you the Trump spokesperson what they said. All of President Trump's actions were taken in furtherance of his duty as president to faithfully take care of the laws and ensure election integrity, including investigating the rigged and stolen 2020 presidential election. So they'll still be declared that it was stolen even though they have yet been able to prove anything like that. This was several weeks after the election and the evidence that he apparently had and his team had to justify that, that this was not a corrupt attempt to overturn the election. This was him for following his duties because the evidence of illegality was so strong was Detroit is crooked. So that is compelling. But anyway, Brett, I want to get your thoughts. This feels to me like the Raffensperger thing. This was them going everywhere they could to try to stop the you know, the process from being continued. What do you make of it? In Trump's defense is the same defense as that TikToker who broke into people's houses and called it a prank. <laughs> like, I'm just making content here. They're like, but you did break into my house. You did have a weapon or whatever. Like you did break and enter. What am I supposed to do? He's like, ah, no, it's just like, you know, their legal defense always comes down to like, uh, you, you know, there's you guys, you guys, you go, 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 go. And there's no mm-hmm. actual legal defense against the, uh, the charges. So like with Trump, we have the, the audio proof of, of, of ostensibly of according to these recordings of him doing the thing. Just like we had evidence of him doing the thing with Zelensky, trying to you know withhold yep. foreign aid in exchange for I, but I want you know I want you to do me a favor though. Like mm-hmm. what are we? And that's and then it's just this horrible situation where you're now the babysitter, and you have to be like, no, I'm sorry, you can't do that. Like you're playing too rough by your own definition. We just can't do those things. Yeah. Yeah, and we could, you know, we could briefly play the most pointless game that we play on this show, which is what if Biden did it? Yeah. What if November 17th, 2024, or whatever, Biden starts calling up in states that Trump won and telling the canvassers don't certify the election? Oh, well, the right would clearly be fine with that. I mean, they're fine with this. And the reason they're fine with this is because it's not wrong. And that's a principle that they have. So clearly, they'd be happy if Biden were to do it. No, it's it's absolute nonsense. We're all just waiting to find out what is going to happen with this and the other cases that are proceeding. It could not be clearer, but that doesn't matter in America. Something being transparent is not persuasive anymore. COVID was pretty clearly deadly, but a significant chunk of America, you'll never convince them that we needed to do anything to not get it or spread it. So it is very frustrating to see more evidence like this come out when we know that it won't change anyone's mind. Final right. thoughts, before we move on. The question here is who did the bad thing in all of these is who did the bad thing? The only thing we have evidence of someone doing the bad thing is the Trump side of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's he's claiming that the people certify, you know, the people doing, you know, making sure that they're, you know, counting the votes right. He's claiming they did the bad thing. There's no evidence of that. And it's not like yeah. he hasn't tried to prove that in court. He has tried to prove that in court, but no one has 
for a second been like, oh, good point there. That seems like a cogent legal case. Yeah. No one has done that. And th those are results. Those are results of the legal process. So we have a lot on our side of doing this. And at the end of the, the you know, playing the game, at the end of it, you're in the wrong, Trump. And so it's just with, you know, they're still mad about the whole like Colorado thing. And, and that, that's a difficult decision, but it really is just a, a tough decision for people to be a position for people to be in when they, the Supreme Court has to say like, but you, you did do things that are technically yeah. this definition of the thing that disqualifies you. Like, yeah, what am I supposed to do in that situation? My hands are tied. I agree. And we, we will talk more about that in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, with, with this, it's, it is just like he, he, if there were illegal acts that took place in Wayne County, there are officials there that are supposed to look into that. They should, they should do that. Donald Trump did not come to them with damning evidence that they hadn't seen. That's not how this worked. If you're a MAGA person watching this, you know fundamentally that's not how this works. The only evidence he cared about was that he had lost. And he didn't like that and he didn't wanna lose. And, I, and whether you accept that or not, like, all of this, all of this is just a facade. Like the conservatives don't care if it was stolen or not. They don't like the outcome. That's all that matters. Some of them probably have convinced themselves that it was stolen. But if they were somehow magically, Jesus came down, snaps his fingers, and they don't believe that anymore, they still would not want to respect the results of the election because they love Trump only about a thousand times more than they love the abstract concept of democracy. Adam Kinzinger recently raised a concern about Donald Trump that I had not previously seen. And considering that he's one of the few Republicans who's willing to criticize Donald Trump, I think we have to pay you know, attention to what he says. He had tweeted, I'm genuinely surprised how people close to Trump haven't talked about the odor. It's truly something to behold, wear a mask if you can. Well, first of all, if the people around Trump weren't wearing masks throughout the pandemic, I don't think they're gonna suddenly start now just because he smells like, like, like moldy Burger King. But but anyway, what was weird about this was there apparently is something to this. Kathy Griffin had previously quite a while ago pointed out that Trump had a little bit of an issue with body odor on The Apprentice. And look, this is a weird thing to focus on. And particularly considering that these accusations have been going around for a long time, you would think, you know, he would just do something about it. He's a rich man. He could buy cologne or whatever. But it's interesting that the response from the Trump campaign was, not to defend Trump's odor, but instead to say Adam Kinzinger farted on live TV and is an unemployed fraud. He has disgraced his country and disrespects everyone around him because he's a sad individual who's mad about how his miserable life has turned out. Which might or might not be true. I don't know Adam Kinzinger, I'm not sure if, if that is true. What I do know though is that the way that cause and effect is currently constituted, is that Donald Trump's odor is not dependent on whether Adam Kinzinger once farted on TV. Those things are actually somewhat disconnected. And the spokesperson didn't say that Donald Trump smells like roses. So that's a weird thing. Brett, what do you think? I, I very much appreciate the retort mm -hmm. more than the original claim. Because it's not a denial, like you mm -hmm. said. They're not denying it. It is like when I do something bad and someone tells me that I did something bad, I'm like, well, yeah, well, John, John, <laughs> you know, blah, 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 grew his hair mm -hmm. out that one time. You know yeah. what I mean? That is true. Thank you for reminding the audience. 
I was trying um, so hard to think of something else to say, but I couldn't. No, but you so had to make it real. Thing. You had to make that, it serious. That so really fast. <laughs> I have an actual point that I want to make about this uh, stupid as hell story, but really fast. I love the responses from people. So a lot of people were like speculating about what Donald Trump smells like. I'll leave that to your imagination. But anyway, some of the responses to Kingsinger that were more critical were people saying things like, what are you, 12? You are smelling like Fear, Adam. President Trump smells just like winning to me. That is a fact. <laughs> well, winning stinks. So over the top. Yeah. Winning is stinky. Mm -hmm. If that's what winning is, it's like the Axe body spray of winning. <laughs> yeah. Just like, so, oh, that's overpowering and not good. The, the, uh, listen, about the farting on live TV, like if you're on live TV long enough, you farted on live TV. I've the only question is, did you it. get caught? No, I have a noise yeah. gate. But when you see me do this. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what that is. I thought you were just thinking deeply. No, okay. I'm thinking deeply, just only gas, yeah. please. So look, the only reason that I wanted to mention this complete non-story is uh, I don't I don't understand. For Trump in particular, this is true of almost all of the people, all of the guys on the right. Um, who, and I make this criticism of them very often, that supposedly venerate this old school concept of an alpha real man or whatever. And simultaneously, they also love the idea of like a strong man, like the, the ultimate alpha. And yet none of them, despite the fact that they have spare time and they have unlimited funds, Donald Trump more than any of the others, like Donald Trump, doesn't even dress well. He doesn't take care of himself. I buy that he smells bad because despite the fact that they supposedly hold up this masculine ideal, they don't think that they should have to even aim for it, let alone achieve it. And the reason that I point that out is I feel like they would be more successful if they were to just try a little bit. Like if Ben Shapiro or any of the other first or second order clones of him or to exercise occasionally or something. It would be easier to sell the concept that we're the strong masculine force, but they don't do that. Trump wants to present himself as some strong man, but like he can barely hold himself up. You know, I just I don't understand why you would you would have so much of your propaganda be founded around this concept and yet be so personally disinterested in it. Right. It's it doesn't start with the value, it starts with a description. It starts with a description of how they want to act and how they want to be if you know they could have ice cream for breakfast. And then they just <laughs> do that. And then they say, that's what a real man is, as opposed to thinking like, what is the best way to be? The most yeah. masculine, the most upstanding way to be. There is no strong, silent type in their definition of masculinity. There is no, hey, stop picking on the nerd in their definition of masculinity. It's none of that. That's it's, true. It's it's just be mean all the time. And for some reason, don't watch porn. And but, but make secretly, your bed. But secretly watch a lot of porn. Oh, secretly watch so the much. most depraved, amazing, illegal in, in 51 states porn. 100%. By the way, we're going to talk about Ted Cruz later on the show. I will just remind everyone that he like talked about banning porn and he wanted to ban he wanted to ban sex toys for consenting adults to use in Texas. And then he accidentally liked porn on his Twitter feed. Like mama porn, stepmom porn. 
hundred percent. Um, not kink shaming or anything, Ted Cruz. The things that make you awful are not the porn you choose. It's everything else about your whole vibe. If the Democrats want to start making these rules, well, guess what? We can use the same exact rules. For example, we could take Joe Biden off the ballot in red states and other states because he is committing treason with his border policies and the invasion has gotten so bad at the southern border. We could also take his name off the ballot because of the impeachment inquiry that we've been doing on the oversight committee. I love that video from Marjorie Green because of what she said and when she said it. Now you need to understand that ever since the Colorado Supreme Court argued that Donald Trump needed to be removed from the ballot and we're waiting to find out if the Supreme Court will strike that down, which they almost certainly will. Republicans have been tripping over themselves to be like, well, we could do it too. And she waited like a full day and then gave the absolute dumbest version of that knee jerk argument. Like there are others. Who at least understand, okay, what I'm supposed to do is pretend that we can use section three of the 14th amendment to take him out. And that's giving aid and comfort to our enemies. So I need to pretend that like the border thing's an example of that. She just says he did a treason. That's not in section, what are you talking about? Well, we can do it because of the impeachment inquiry. That has nothing to do with it. Like, you don't you don't have to make a cogent legal argument. None of the others did, but you could read section three. It's like 40 words. That's not that much homework. Instead, she just barrels into some something, some hunter was nude on film. We can take him off of Colorado. Bro, what do you think? Well, here's how it works. If you're a Republican, your job is to bring up issues and repeat them long enough, loud enough. In a negative enough light that when those issues are even mentioned, suddenly they are grounds for you to do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Even if, as John lays out, the definition of like, or like basically what happened in those issues, the nuances, the specifics of those issues don't actually apply to the thing you're using them as justification for. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's doing here. She's just saying, well, we can do that, we can do the same thing. And in her mind, she's just going by because these things I have defined as horrible and the worst and treason, but they're not actually treason. So she's saying we can do the same thing. Essentially, if you're being honest about it, she's saying we can do the same thing as you because of these things that are totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even, it's again, it's not about treason. She's thinking of the grounds for impeachment and removal. But what she's talking about is being removed from the ballot, which is about insurrection and giving aid and comfort to enemies, terrorists, blah, blah, blah. She's getting like her her QAnon fantasies of getting rid of Biden mixed up. Her her wires crossed there. Um, Like she said to begin that, well, well, if the Democrats are gonna make up new rules, what new rule are they making up? They didn't just pass section three of the 14th amendment. If you don't like it, by the way, if you think that under no conditions, someone should be barred from being on the ballot, that's arguable. You could make that argument. You could say it doesn't matter if you think that Donald Trump you know, was a part of an insurrection or whatever. The people should always be able to choose, make that argument. And advocate for the 14th Amendment being modified with another constitutional amendment. You could do that. 
But what she's effectively saying is, I just want us to pretend that section three doesn't exist. It's still there, we're not trying to get rid of it. But like, what if we pretended that it wasn't there? Because again, she's not making a legal argument. The legal argument that you are allowed to make in this case is, I don't think that what he did qualifies as being involved in an insurrection. Or I don't think that the president is properly you know, listed in that in the different offices that you could be barred from. You can make those two cases and I don't think it's 100% clear cut. But what you cannot say is he did a treason so we can take him off. That has nothing to do with anything that we're discussing. And like the 14th amendment, I don't know if she did, she remembers this. Those are the civil war ones. Mm -hmm. That's what they wrote it after. It's not like an immigration issue that they wrote it after. It's not like a laptop thing that they wrote it after. It's the civil war, which you guys are putting in all the titles of your videos nonstop, dude. Like that, <laughs> that's the, that, this is the thing. That is the most similar thing. An insurrection that looks like a bunch of people like storming the Capitol and lighting things on fire. Mm -hmm. That is your, those are your role boys. That is the thing that at least the argument is you inspired and support and you are actively behind the scenes doing all kinds of stuff where you're collaborating with the enemy of democracy in this situation, Trump Magistan. And that is, that's, that's the argument. But yeah. you guys don't wrap your mind around that because you don't want to and you don't know how to. Yeah, and the, and the issue is, like, like I said, I think that whether for corrupt reasons or not, I think the Supreme Court is likely to reverse this, um, to effectively, you know, say we're just not going to have it apply to the president or whatever. But honestly, I wonder to what extent, like, they might, it, it might influence them the idea that it's entirely possible that right wingers will commit acts of political violence from this. Laura Ingram, Jesse Waters are already threatening that. But then also, there's the political side of it, which is uh, there should be a very high threshold. For someone applying to this, we've only had the one coup. So it seems like we really kept our powder dry on that. And then your guy did a coup, but she's demonstrating and Dan Patrick is demonstrating and Kirsty Noem potentially and that dude from Florida that no, they're just going to define it any way they want. And so as it's currently constituted, we almost can't have it in the constitution because it will just be used in a totally loosey goosey way that has nothing to do with insurrection to remove everyone from the ballot. In the same way that we used to have a high bar for censuring people in Congress and it literally took like Marjorie Green, you know, like liking comments about shooting Nancy Pelosi in the head and now it's just whatever a Democrat of color said gets you censured. It's like we can't have nice things, we can't have norms because they will abuse them in all cases. So I right. feel like that could influence the Supreme Court too. My guess is that the Supreme Court is gonna do, like there's a lot of reasons the Supreme Court does stuff. When with the abortion thing, it's because they just wanted to. They just wanted yeah, to and that they're, they're using all kinds of horrible cover just to get the thing that they want to have happen, happen. That's, that's their justification there, it's BS. But in this situation, it's probable that the Supreme Court will give you like all kinds of justifications. And it's similar, it's similar, but it's different. It's more of the like, all right, enough. And I, and I respect that about this, the Supreme Court. It's one of the only places where they can go like, all right, I'm sorry. I just, I'm looking at the consequences for the union going forward. And they're bad if we just kind of take people off of the ballot, period. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is, that is something they want to gatekeep more stringently than the Colorado court can. Yeah. Um, but 
the central argument that everybody needs to understand is what what is happening as a result of all this. It is Marjorie Taylor Greene, Trump, MAGA, everybody who is complicit and okaying it is literally is pretty much just saying to us, it wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. They're trying to tell us that the worst threat to democracy in the history, in like you know, since the Civil War, the worst threat to our union since the Civil War, carried out in completely cynical and nefarious ways, wasn't that bad. Trump asking for political favors to keep him in office, even though he didn't get enough votes to, even under our system, which favors Republicans anyway, it wasn't that bad. But it was that bad. And they're just gonna, you know, try to spin it off into like, ugh. And there's they still do it. They still have words like the stolen election and this January 6th Patriots. And yep. the only way that that can stick in history is if we allow it. Uh, I think you are 100% right. Uh, point out what I always do. Uh, the people who are saying it wasn't that bad, it was just a ride that got out of hand. Every one of those people was desperately hoping that it would succeed. And had it succeeded, they would not oppose the actual stealing of the election by Donald Trump and his people at all. They would immediately fall into lockstep with a successful coup. And to this day, people like Marjorie Greene still fantasize about how it would have gone if they'd been in charge. We would have brought guns, we would have killed way more people and it would have succeeded. Anyway, we're, we're talking about Green's thoughts on it. Why don't we turn very briefly to what the American people think about it? Because uh, we have some interesting uh, polling here. Uh, what do the American people think about the Colorado decision to remove uh, Trump from the ballot? Uh, well, the polling is pretty interesting. 38% of the country strongly approves of it, an additional 16% somewhat approve. That's majority support, 54% of the country strongly or to some extent approves of that decision. Now there are people who disprove, it's about 35% total between a little bit of somewhat disprove. It turns out that if you disprove of this, it's probably strongly, but that's 54-35 I believe with some people being not sure, which I think in this case more than usual is a perfectly appropriate way to respond to this. These are complex legal questions that again, I don't think are super clear cut, but a shockingly small number of people aren't sure. But anyway, that's what people think. And the interesting thing is, this was a poll that was done by YouGov. It's one of their online polls, pollster that's been around for a long time. You can debate their their methods or whatever, but they're not like some new thing. They're not like a Democrat plant or something. But the fact that the New York Post reported on the results that I just gave you has resulted in them being just swarmed with negative comments from conservatives who are angry that they reported on it. So Laura Loomer, who could be the next press secretary, said, no the hell we do not. This is some more bullets from Rupert Murdoch's The New York Post. Again, they didn't do the poll. Rupert Murdoch is on the record saying he wants to make Trump a non-person. You can't trust anything about Trump that comes out of any of these publications. It's all trash, New York compost, which is a little bit clever. Pretty good. That's a little Pretty bit clever good. there. Yeah, but I will remind Laura Loomer, they didn't do the poll, okay? And like, if you don't agree with a poll, that's fine. There are polls of the American people that don't line up with what I believe, but saying, no, we don't. Well, don't, not everyone. It was 54 35. Yes, 35% of the country agrees with you. And by the way, when you actually look at the results on YouGov, which I did and she definitely did not, there's a massive disagreement once you break it down to political parties. It's like between 10 and 20% of Republicans agree with it. I think it's like 13 or 14%. So it's just a weird response and other people respond to her say like, 
Trump has been convicted of zero insurrection crimes. So how can he be removed from the ballot? I'm glad I'm glad that you asked because section three of the 14th amendment does not actually reference being convicted or even charged of any crimes. It simply involves participating in insurrection. So that was a great question. One person said it's just propaganda. Fortunately, the rule of law doesn't take into consideration any fake media polls. That is a great point as well. And thankfully, in this case, it did not. The Colorado Supreme Court did not actually make their decision based on online polls, fake or real. They just looked at the Constitution and then weighed Trump's actions against it. So great point. And then another person said, no, they don't. You just made that up. So typical mainstream media journalism. I don't know that YouGov really necessarily qualifies as mainstream media. It's a polling outfit. New York Post arguably is, and generally you guys love it. But in this particular case, they didn't just make it up. They polled over 3,000 people. And if you would like to argue with their methods, you're free to do that. But simply like avoiding, like not accepting it simply because it doesn't comport with your view of the world, I don't think is a particularly wise way to lead your life. Brett, what do you think? My simple take on this is there's a lot of ways to interpret this poll. I mean, everything you said is accurate and great. Um, there's a there's a lot of ways to interpret this poll. It's like how many defections from the Republicans? Ten percent? Oh my God, ten to twelve percent? Well, that's a huge amount in electoral politics and in, in congressional politics. So that's significant. Ten um, percent of this this lockstep, ghost step Republican Party. Um, I would say more like. Okay, I get it. You ask an average person, like I do agree with that. I guess 38% are like, yeah, I strongly agree that we should do that. Fine. But I think um it, I would invoke like the um the severity test. I don't know exactly. Like this is one of those things that wouldn't be a majority type thing. We wouldn't just need the majority of Americans. We need like a super majority of Americans to agree with it because mm-hmm. it is so significant. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that makes sense. And again, like the Supreme Court, when they pick up the Colorado thing. Should not let YouGov polls influence them. I want to reassure all the MAGA people, that's not how any of this works, don't worry. Um, but I do like to know what people think. And it was, I guess, a little bit more. Is it surprising though? I mean, I guess if all of the Dems are opposed to it and there are some non-Trump Republicans, maybe this is kind of in line with what we should expect. It would be so hilarious if the Supreme Court was just like, no, he's out, bro. I do not expect that that will happen. And I don't think you do either. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I okay. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Oh, maybe we should bet. Okay. Well, we'll just see. That's what um, I make I bets on stuff I don't know about. <laughs> that's generally what people make bet. Like that's what gambling is. No, you know. You knew. Do you gamble? Cr- I. We've been to Vegas together. But are you like, oh, I don't have any strong feelings about this. Put it all on red. I am not predisposed to live my life in that way, but from time to time I dabble. I I know what is a fictional like I I know like there's it doesn't have to be based in reality my gut feeling and about a team but it has to be there. I just think the Democrats wake up every morning, Emily, and they look at the calendar. The iPhone says January 6, 2021. The date never changes. And then they get an electric vehicle and go get an abortion. I just described the Democratic Party to you in seven seconds. Um, That's it. That's what I see. You know, it's not every day that I feel seen in the news, but sometimes they just they do nail you. And for once, my life has been acknowledged and represented. Thank you, Kellyanne. Uh, The point that she wants to make there, I guess, is that 
libs are obsessed with January 6th, but that's not spicy enough. So, you know, we 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 hop in our, I guess she would have said Tesla, but isn't that like a conservative thing now? Uh, roll down to get our like pumpkin latte or whatever at Starbucks and uh, I don't know, let in some migrants. But Brett, what do you think? That's Kelly Conway, I, who's a fill-in host now on Fox, sort yeah. of. She's great. I didn't think of it that way until she said it, but I love it. I The most frustrating thing about the human reproductive system is that you can only get one abortion at a time unless mm-hmm. you have twins. Like I want, I want like separate bat because we're also very promiscuous. So I want separate batches of babies. Like you know how a dog can get pregnant by like multiple dogs. A litter. In a litter, but they can have a litter, but also like the way that it works is when you're in heat, you have sex with all kinds of other dogs. If you're a lady dog and then you get pregnant by a bunch of different parents, like I wish that the human reproductive system was like that. So we could have more. That's true. You can, um, in humans, if you ovulate with more than one egg, I guess, but that's just so rare. It doesn't really give me the satisfaction that I as a Democrat have when I want to kill babies. And then why, this is my favorite like contradiction just generally about Democrats is they're like, you guys are snowflakes and so soft. And also you murder babies. <laughs> like yeah. how savage that is, is that? You just that were like, like that is what, like that is on like Ivan the terrible level of like bodies on spikes at the gates. Like <laughs> we rip babies out of the women's bodies and murder them. They're such weenies. <laughs> like no, maybe, watch it. Maybe it's a thing where when you 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 get offended by microaggressions, at a certain point the aggression gets so big that we just we our brain can't contain it at that point. I don't know. Um, yeah, but by like, the way, <laughs> you talking. About reproduction and how the biology works. To me, it, it it feels like it gave me a window into like the group of like Republican male legislators before they pass an abortion bill. Like that's what the talk sounds like. No information, references to dogs. I love, but anyway. I love this this way you're talking about how like the microaggressions then we turn into like rage. It's a very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but Mr. Hyde is very mild mannered, and Dr. Jekyll is an abortion doctor. <laughs> God. And it, it's the other way, like that. The doctor's the bad one. Very weird. I have been thinking about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde recently. Small world. But anyway, with Kellyanne there, um, I, I don't understand why supporting electric cars is a Dem thing or Lib thing, especially because Elon Musk is Alex Jones now. What are you guys talking about? Like, they're cars. They're freaking cars. What does it matter at a certain point? By the way, if you sat in one, like the, the people who are all like, I just want my car to like be fast or whatever, sit in a GD electric car if you want that and experience what instantaneous torque feels like. But the overall point, we're distracted, I think, understandably so, by the quickie abortion stuff. Um, is you guys are so focused on January 6th. That's old news. Well, you know what's older news? The 2020 election, you guys can't stop talking about how that was stolen from you. So we're not the only ones who were focused on something that happened before. And by the way, maybe there's a reason we're focused on it. Maybe it's that the guy who did the coup is running again. If Trump was not running in this election, we probably wouldn't be talking about January 6th or the big lie very much. Yeah, it's like Donald Trump in losing and complaining just gave himself an eight year contract in politics rather than potentially an eight year contract rather than a four year contract. If he'd won, theoretically, if we believe term limits, he would definitely be done 
like in 10 minutes. It's like, oh, my God, should I have just taken the instead of taking the deferred sentence that we should have just made him serve time in the White House because then he'd be out of our hair forever. But in this situation, like he's doing great. Trump's doing great. He gets to complain. He gets to be on TV. He gets to allow us to watch debates full of giant losers. And he doesn't even need to be there to win the debates. Like he's doing fine. Stop complaining. Yeah. But this really is like Kellyanne Conway's doing the it's not that bad argument about January 6th because she, this is another tactic in the what's going on, how are they doing it kind of thing, where they say, January 6th, stop complaining about it. That's just like how you guys want electric cars. <laughs> That's. Those things yeah. are now in her word cloud. And everybody watched my Rebel HQ video this week because I kind of knew that I kind of outlined this exact dynamic where they with what they did with um the the Christmas video that Bill Jill Biden released. Mm -hmm. It started with, all right, everybody, here's people dancing to Christmas music that's jazzy. And then the Stephen Miller and Laura Ingram turned that into these freaks want to kill America. <laughs> They're anti-Christian. These people who just made Celerated. a Christmas video that's delightful, they hate Christmas. Yeah, they're like they're dressed like background people in the nutcracker. They I think they've paid their dues on loving Christmas. People dressed up anyway. weird for Christmas? You can't dress up weird for Christmas. You have to wear a nighttime cap that's red with a ball on the end. And a mm -hmm. red jumpsuit made of velour with other balls down the center. And also, this is a serious holiday with elves. <laughs> I don't think elves get enough focus, actually. Where the hell did they get involved in Stop this? Stop being like ridiculous about Christmas. We should take it back to its serious roots. A reindeer whose nose glows <laughs> and flies. Anyway, now now stand under this, this, this leaf and give me some sugar. <laughs> anyway, we have other stuff to talk about. Kelly Conway is ridiculous and she's apparently back. So everyone buckle up on that. But we need to talk about uh, the GOP primary and we're gonna get serious for a minute. Let's do it. I'm not, I'm not a candidate. You want me to work that for <laughs> <laughs> As my kids would say, that's my jam. They want to play around with your social security. You don't have to touch social security. We have money laying in the ground far greater than anything we can do by hurting senior citizens with their social security. He wanted to raise the minimum age, the age on social security to 70. That's a big increase. But he also wanted to raise it to 75. If that happened, people would be devastated. We have such incredible wealth under our feet. So Donald Trump spends so much of his time just like like live reading Mein Kampf that it's uh, easy to miss that occasionally he talks about something that's kind of a policy and he's not the only one. So in this segment, we want to identify a few of the actual policies being discussed in this GOP primary and see what we think about it. Now, what you saw there was Trump's linkage between what he sees as necessary additional domestic drilling for oil and how the other Republicans want to raise the retirement age. So he's there seeming to promise two things. We're going to do more drilling and he's not going to raise the retirement age. So if he becomes president, by the way, just keep an eye on that because he's lied before. But he's saying we can do like Saudi Arabia. 
we just drill more and the oil will save us economically. Now it seems like what he's saying there is that we should do like Saudi Arabia, which is largely nationalized the oil industry. That's not obviously what he wants in practice. He's probably saying we drill more, we tax it, bada bing, bada boom, we can pay for our social security. And that is kind of a policy proposal. The issue is that it's nonsensical and it wouldn't work. The revenue from oil and gas leases would need to be about 27 times higher to cover the actuarial deficit of social security. So we're certainly gonna have to do some more drilling by many, many times over. I would also remind all of you, we do a lot of drilling for oil. If you take a look, it is at record levels right now. I know what I know what you think, but Joe Biden is basically Greta Thunberg. No, we're drilling more than we ever have before. And it's a lot of oil, by the way. Back in 2021, the US exceeded Saudi Arabia's oil export by about 10 million barrels a day. We do a lot of drilling already. And we're gonna turn to some other candidates and some other policies, but Brett, what do you make of that? That downturn was under Trump. Mm -hmm. You need to know that. Like yes. that tr under Trump's watch was that precipitous fall. Without which we would be in in the stratosphere with our drilling. <laughs> that was that precipitous fall was under Trump's watch, and it was due to COVID. But if you eliminate COVID and move it, because people just weren't driving, they were staying home. But if you had not had that precipitous drop, it's it's a it's a it's a positive line. It's going up, up, up. Yeah. Pretty sharply, actually, since you know it's gone up by fifty percent since twenty seventeen. So not it's a, a great it's a reduced policy, slope. but it is a reduced. It, yes, the slope has somewhat reduced, but you can see it's shooting up there. We'll we'll see what ends up happening with that. But um, he's not the only one. Uh, most of the GOP conversation outside of Trump is demonizing trans people or talking about how they want to pile up migrant bodies at the border. But occasionally they talk about real policy. And Brett has often talked about there are, there are things that the right and the left can agree on. So let's see if maybe these are examples of it. Vivek Ramaswamy decided to take a break from spreading conspiracy theories and said, this is back earlier this year, you don't hear me talk about the war on drugs. I'm not a war on drugs person. He said he's probably the only person in the modern history of the Republican Party open to a conversation about providing off ramps for people to access certain hard drugs from ayahuasca to ketamine. I think in the long run, and I'm talking about over a long run period of time, decriminalization serially is an important part of the long run solution here. That's gotta be part of the solution. So Ramaswamy earlier this year was really setting himself aside from other Republican candidates saying that he sees a, a potential role for decriminalization of what are considered hard drugs, Brett. Uh, that is sh sure, but like you, people are basically pretending that there are no negative consequences to legalizing all drugs, and that is just a lie. And they also do so without a, a real plan because America hasn't really tried it. And everybody who's like championing certain district attorneys, they haven't even tried it either, have not tried a real criminal justice reform system that actually gives a damn about drug addiction. And Everything that Vivek Ramaswamy is doing is like the most distilled, concentrated lip service without taking it seriously you can do. I, I will say the reason I wanted to point out this one about Ramaswamy though is to me, it feels like amongst all of the Trump bootlicking and the pretending that he believes these conspiracy theories that he definitely doesn't to appeal to right wingers. 
I feel like this is something he actually believes. This to me feels like, yeah, he came out of college or whatever. He thinks that ayahuasca is going to open up. Like he's like a tech bro that wants to go to the desert and come up with a new app idea because he's tripping balls. That's what it yeah, feels but, like to me. Yeah, but you're putting together like there's a lot of hard drugs. We just shouldn't be just being like, yeah, go do them. Mm -hmm. And that's his thing. I mean, yeah, ayahuasca, sure. you should also only ever do under close supervision of people who are taking care of you. Yes. Don't like do it at a party with all your pals 100%. when you're 19. Um, and finally, I just want to give uh, some credit. Chris Christie uh, has a national drug crisis plan that he rolled out, I believe, earlier this week, focused on treatment and stigma reduction that includes uh, quite a lot of different components, making some of the telehealth policies that were created uh, during the pandemic permanent, requiring all federally qualified health centers provide treatment and uh, creating mobile opioid treatment programs. He also called for expanding block grants to states tied to specific requirements for data collection and sharing. Uh, some of that seems reasonable. It's a massive problem that occasionally gets discussed, but then is not a focus at all during presidential elections and nothing gets done to fight the opioid crisis. Um, the, the interesting thing though is that it doesn't matter, like he's, it's not gonna affect his chances. None of this does. So little of this race, even when we go looking for their policies, does it actually have any effect seemingly on the polling? So that is frustrating, unfortunately. But we did want to give people a little bit of a look into what their platforms actually are. We are still, like most Americans, scrambling to learn who the new speaker is, Mike Johnson. We know that he's a really religious guy who produced a lot of content that seems a little bit questionable. Well, now we're finding out more about his past because a German TV news outlet has revealed footage that was previously broadcast years ago of him and his then teenage daughter preparing for and participating in a purity ball. Now, if you're not familiar with purity balls, that's understandable. They're sort of a localized thing inside of the United States, around the world, they're far less common. But basically, they involve fathers generally and their teenage daughters dressing up for a night of dinner and dancing at a ball, as you do. And then it ends with the daughter signing a pledge to her father, promising that she will not engage in sex before marriage. And usually then puts on a ring that's supposed to be a physical reminder of the promise that she has made to her father. I have always thought that these are a little bit odd. And so understand that me being the godless atheist as I am, I'm probably gonna come off as pretty judgmental here. But now the new context is I have a daughter. And so let me say now with that new context as a father, this is even weirder. What the hell is going on <laughs> in America? It is, I cannot conceive of it. Putting on a tux and getting my daughter in a dress and then surrounded by a bunch of people being like, promise me. You can't, you can't. It's gonna make me look like a total schlep. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she's like, Yeah, I won't have sex. That seems so weird to me, Brett. And I know that I'm being judgmental, but what do you think? Purity balls sounds like the tongue-in-cheek name of a specific brand of Benoit ball that you put inside Noted. you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bought some purity balls and uh, and all right, that's enough. If they existed, uh, uh, Ted Cruz would ban them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's so like I have no problem with people having discussions about sex before marriage and deciding together as a as a family living out their values. 
But like the, the artifice of this is very creepy. I have I will fight to the death for their right to do it. But yeah, uh, sure. it is it is undeniably so creepy when you see videos. I think it wasn't a purity ball. One of those things that. Um, Maybe it was a debutante ball, but a lot of these things just have like these old world at the same time charms, but um, simultaneously like creep factor. 100%. Yeah, I agree. By the way, you should be allowed to do this. And, and, but, but let's also bear in mind that like there's definitely consent stuff here. Like the daughter has to participate. The sort of father that wants her to wear a ring promising not to have sex is probably not like, Hey, is this a thing you'd like to do? I'm not into it. But would you like to do a purity ball? That's probably not how it shakes out in practice. So by the way, I'm not getting down on his daughter or any of the other daughters here. And I really wish that they were surrounded by people that would not engage in practices and rhetoric and ideology that has been demonstrated to have lingering negative effects on people's self-esteem. And also, by the way, the people who participate in these things, it's found that when they go on to have sex, because the weird thing is so many of them do still end up doing it, are less likely to have the information they need about STIs and pregnancy and become pregnant at earlier rates. Um, than others. And by the way, this is not like purely abstract. Kelly Johnson, Mike Johnson's wife says, we don't talk to her about contraception. Sex before marriage is simply out of the question. And this like like leading via religious rhetoric and enforced ignorance, we know that that does not actually serve the needs of young people. So um, I'm gonna be a little bit critical. I do wanna say though really fast in defense of Mike Johnson, because generally this has a super misogynistic focus where it's only focused on the girl's sex life. In his defense, he's also super creepy about his son's sex life. Remember, he's the guy that had an app that would warn him if his son looked at porn and would also warn his son if he did. So consistency counts. I'm with John, there are better results with other methods than what Mike Johnson is doing. 100%, you can be concerned about the effects of early sex or whatever. But they're very much not educating, which I think is the best way to avoid those results. 